millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Sunderland won 2-1 this weekend against Bradford City away from home. It's always nice to be away and I have just returned from my away trip I only got back literally into Sunderland about half an hour ago so yeah good weekend uh, good to see the family down in in Yorkshire and always good to see a Sunderland win although I had to sit in the way and by myself which I probably won't do again don't like sitting in the way by myself I don't know if any of you guys ever done a home or away game by themselves specifically yes. the reason yes. I've got a yeah. season ticket yeah I used to do I've done a couple of home games by myself and I just sit and watch I don't speak to anyone I just like keep yourself to yourself yeah yeah fair play Simon <laughs> uh, well it's been I've been in press boxes by myself yeah yeah that's different on occasion that, yeah it's, it's a bit different that's all um, I have actually in the past when I I, I shouldn't be digressing this much I was away, say, I? but yeah. I lived in Nottingham for three years when I was at university and I used to go to forest matches with a mate but I used to go to Notts County matches by myself to see some football do you love football that much I like football yeah I'm the same to be fair I would go watch anything Apart from the mags. <laughs> and even then, I would probably, if somebody gave us a free ticket, maybe just if they see them get beat. I'll actually confess, I've been to one mag game recently. It was against Crystal Palace a few years ago and they were 3-1 up with like an added time, the Drew 3-3 and it was just brilliant. And the subscriber <laughs> count has just gone down massively. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got a disclaimer that. I was in the corporate section. They're a marvellous football club who always look after me very well. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I, that day I got free food, you know. I mean, I'm not going to turn down a free corporate do, am I? <laughs> yeah. I'm going get it from Sunderland, so I may as well take a freebie when I can get it. You know, I'm probably I'm going to get some abuse for that. And so are Middlesbrough, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Any others? Hartlepool? Uh, yeah, they're all, they're all great. I love them all. They're like me children. <laughs> right. Okay. We're going to jump into the, the game anyway. So 2-1 win over Bradford City. I mean, that's how he's actually. How, how are you doing, Simon? Uh, I'm fine, thank you. I didn't get a chance to go to the game yesterday. I spent most of yesterday, uh, this is true, uh, dressed as Dumbledore the Wizard because it was <laughs> my... Uh, my daughter Annie's 11th birthday party. She's very much into Harry Potter and her friends all came dressed up and the requirement was for dad to get dressed up as well. So I was genuinely dressed as a wizard. Nice. Do you think it, Nick Barnes was dressed as a chicken and it wasn't even his daughter's 11th birthday party. So what's his excuse like? <laughs> I didn't even say that. He was genuinely walking around but, as a giant don't, chicken. Don't doubt the man of tweed. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. BBC lot we had on there. <laughs> uh, Johnny, how, how was your weekend? What did you do? Uh, it's been all right, yeah. Um, I was recovering from the night out yesterday. I woke up at about three o'clock and the match had just kicked off. So. Lovely. Yeah. Um, Did but, you watch it from Alaska or um, <laughs> Trinidad or something? <laughs> no. So um, I managed to keep up on Twitter. You know, people keep on the clips on there. So that was quite helpful. Fair play. People do commentary on there. And I did, uh, but I've just come back, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, I've just got back from the US. I was working there over the summer. So this is my first podcast since getting back. I watched the Fleetwood game when I was over there because I use the SCFC app because it's great. And uh, yeah, I watched the first half and we were losing 1 0. So that was great. Perfect. Yeah. Where have you been? Just a. I was working as a camp counselor in New York State. Definitely. So it was good fun, but keeps me out. I did. I lost like complete uh, contact with what was going on. So all these players who signed, I was like, who's this? You so you're, the, you're the wild card for this podcast. Yeah. Say. You could have some Stephen hot takes, but very likely to have some ice cold should, ones. We should try and convince him that Oz Turk's like messy. Yeah, <laughs> could do that. Uh, from what I've heard, that's not the case. <laughs> also still more dedicated to the club over the summer than Papi Gillibodji or Didier Correct. and Dom. Yes. 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 Correct. So fair, fair play. You've done well there, Johnny. Uh, Chris, also finally you, how are you doing? Oh, kind of right. Pepsi Max? Is that a hungover kind of Pepsi Max? No, it's just a regular kind of Pepsi regular Max. Regular kind of Pepsi yeah, Max. Yeah, yeah. That was yesterday. It was the you know, hungover ones. I do like a Pepsi Max. It's better than Coke Zero. 
All right, Sunderland yesterday lined up, getting the game, the nitty gritty. Uh, McLaughlin, who we will talk about later. Uh, what a hero, what a lad in net. Uh, it was kind of a, a traditional back four. Uh, no lopsided 3-5-2, I don't think, yesterday. Matthews at right back, Flanagan, Baldwin. Baldwin again, another hero. Reese James left back, Chris Maguire, another hero uh, on the left side. Catmull, power in the middle. McGeady, Sinclair, Madger uh, fills out the rest of the team. So first goal, Catamol took a shot uh, from the away end. Hard to tell what had happened. Thought it went wide, to be honest. And it just seemed to hit off Madger and go in. Later, so it was a, a good chested finish. Um, so Madger, quite smart, like instinctive little, yeah, was he a, actually a moved his shoulder chest. into it on the way. A lovely chest. Yeah, Catamol meant to do that, obviously. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was a pass. Yeah. Definitely a pass. Lazy pass. Lee Barry, he's an artist. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I've never seen a goal. To be honest, I've never seen a player chest in like that. It was, it was I remember when Balotelli did it when I like dropped down on it when with the goal. Yeah, that was just nod it in one. as cool as you like. I could have done that. But <laughs> <laughs> Like, merges a bit differently I mean Danny uh, Graham has scored with his ass before so and he celebrated it like he meant it so. <laughs> I like how he said ass yeah because I've been in America too long yeah ass <laughs> he scored with his donkey interesting <laughs> uh, Bradford equalised after some piss poor defending uh, to say the least through O'Connor uh, just dreadful yeah, utterly dreadful which again I imagine we're going to talk about yeah, that utterly as well, dreadful we? just for so frustrating but fortunately uh, Jack Baldwin immediately replied uh, with a well taken finish a nice nice little finish to make it 2-1 and there were scenes as always in that Sunderland away end two away ends yesterday actually at Bradford too uh, Max Power was sent off for just one idiot I just, <laughs> being an idiot I know I just I really want to love Max Power and like I know he wants to be loved but just don't be such an idiot I am absolutely outraged it's just Reigns is a catamole, yes. Anyway, we're going to talk about Max Power later. No, well, I haven't finished yet. I haven't finished yet. Go on. So, so it's just like Brian Oviedo, I'll oh, see your just, stupid red oh, card and raise you this. I know. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? You wouldn't have thought that you'd get a worse red card than that one was. Uh, conceded a penalty, but John McLaughlin just with hands of iron. Refused, <laughs> refused to concede it. He's yeah, like, nah, just, you're not brilliant. He's huh? just like, nah, no chance. He just threw himself over there. Really good penalty. For all the stats guys out there, when was the last time a son and keeper had to save two penalties in one season? No idea. I'd yeah. argue never. Mark Boone yeah. saved two in a playoff uh, penalty shot. Doesn't that. count. Not the same Doesn't thing. Doesn't count. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so apart from two hours after that, Bradford struggled really to create anything. Uh, Sean Scannell was sent off late on for a, a, a hitting out at Honeyman I'd and say, then going head to head with Catamore. Yeah, Catamore maybe could have got sent off. I as mean, well. his red card was worse than Powers in some ways because he wasn't even. Like, no, nothing just, even happened. He just he, he fouled Honeyman and then decided to get sent off. That was real frustration. <laughs> yeah, September one that yeah, wasn't yeah. it. I mean, Power Powers was like a stupid overreaction to something that he, he thought he got trodden on or something like that, so he kicked out. Whereas Scannell just went, yeah, I just don't want to play anymore. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna lie, I thought it just nuts. I was always busy in the shower, <laughs> yeah. so I'm gonna get there first. Like that's, that's, that's all that was. <laughs> I did think it was quite funny because uh, when Catamore like fell over as well from push, like because after Scannell he went flying, he, he literally <laughs> fell over. And I thought it was quite funny. Uh, yeah. I just I always find it funny the idea of Lee Catamole as the wronged party as well. <laughs> you know, it's a nice, it's a nice little. Somebody was picking on his boy George, so he went to Ghana. Yeah, so you know, you gotta give George uh, Honeyman a lot of credit for getting himself in a position to get their players sent off. So that's where he got his six this week. That's where he, came from. <laughs> he was on a five, he earned the six. Uh, so we saw the game out one two one. So first things first, uh, Michael Bowers has thrown out a, a, a strong but accurate claim. He says that McLaughlin is God. Does anybody want to disagree? I'll give you five seconds. Anybody want to object? Well, no. I've, I've got no... Well, Simon's ev- objecting. I've got no evidence to disprove oh, the theory, play. certainly. Um, it's just good for Sunderland and for Sunderland fans to have somebody between the sticks who actually knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um, because after, you know, the dreadful threesome of the championship season, it's just nice that this guy knows what he's doing. He's a solid goalkeeper. There is the sort of... The argument of had he been the goalkeeper in the championship, Sunderland will be still be in the championship. Yes, that's fine, but that's just not the way it works out. Yeah, he's going to like him. Good, Johnny. Yeah, I think um, I think when we signed him, was he not like the most highly rated keeper in Scotland? Scottish team of the year. He got I mean, him. he was League One team of the year the year before. So it's he's just a baller. He's been there, done it, like, so. That alone suggests. Well, yeah, he's obviously worth the price that we paid for him as well. I mean, he's obviously well. Actually, he was a free, free as well. Yeah, definitely worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Smart business. Definitely, uh, but a shrewd bit of business there. I think. See, you're showing your rust there. Actually, uh, yeah. He's not had a preseason, has he? And he's <laughs> thrown out, you know, he took a guess. He's thrown McLaughlin. Definitely paid for him. He's too good that we got him for free. <laughs> I mean, are. is it? Are they, like, are they comparing? Are they saying like he's the best keeper ahead of even Craig Gordon for Celtic as well? Is that what? Was? I don't know if he's ahead I of Craig he's, Gordon. I think yeah. he's second he's in the, the, he's in the mix, though. Yeah. 
But okay. um, yeah, he was very highly rated. He had a very good year last mm. season up in Scotland. Yeah. So uh, yeah, great, great player. Decent on FIFA as well. Yeah, to another seventy-one <laughs> overall, innings. Yeah, uh, so we've touched on McLaughlin, but I want to touch really on that save. I mean, obviously it's a penalty save, and you know some say it's a lottery, but the way he fills that net and just makes himself so big, Chris. I don't know, is it is it just my eyes of rose-tinted glasses looking at him, but I just think he just he's just a beautiful man. I think it was beautiful. <laughs> I think it was one of those penalties where if he if the penalty taker had actually put it into the side of the net, then you can't save them because he hit it with enough power. I would have saved that, but I definitely would have saved it. <laughs> But no, it was a great save. I mean, it was in the one part of the goal the keeper could get to when he got there, which is all you can ask for, apparently. Like, he made himself big. I think you need to, right to visualise yourself, you know, in that away end. Yeah, 2-1 up. I think it was 20 minutes left. 70 minutes-ish on the clock. Max Power gets sent off, and you don't know why. You just... I thought their player was getting sent off, to be honest. And, you know, I'm being, I'm actually saying red, red, red. I'm cheering <laughs> the red card. And a lot of the Sunderland fans were. And then, you know, Max Power gets sent off. There's a lot of air, air. And then he gives a penalty. You're like, oh, God, Christ. It's 2-1 up. And then we've, we've knocked it up. And you've got to think at that point, did I ever see us coming out of that one 2-1 winners? No. <laughs> no Never no. in a million years. So, you know, John McLaughlin yesterday for me, it was the, it was the hero of the day. Do you, having seen the highlights, what, what I felt almost sorry for John McLaughlin because after the save, there's the tackle. Oh. So that immense tackle to Flanagan, isn't yeah. it? Who yeah. puts in that immense tackle to stop the rebound? And they all and they all rush to him. And McLaughlin's <coughs> just saved a penalty, and no one, no one's, no one's got. Magic to goes up with magic goes up, gives him a, yeah. like a chest pump. He's like, "How you doing, pal? Yes, mate." <laughs> it's fair play because the tackle was oh, it was immense, immense. Yeah. Uh-huh. just beautiful. A, a, a tackle that represents Sunderland, isn't it? Just a gritty, hard, firm tackle saves the day. Um, I think I think that's, that's credit to Flanagan. I think um, Jack Rock said in his, uh, his interview after the match that like he's really happy for the lads getting rewards because he thinks there's, there's a lot of good things that they've done this season. They're getting a lot of plaudits for certain areas of the game and it's the first time this season where they've really got tangible rewards for that. So Baldwin put in a great performance, got into good areas in the box and finally got a goal. Um, and then you look at like McLaughlin making the save. He got the plaudits from the crowd. And then Flanagan as well. He's one who, he's been a left back all last season. He's coming to the Sunderland squad, played right back in centre-half where he's not really played and he's coming he's been immense. I think a lot of our defensive frailties have been fixed up by Baldwin and Flanagan creating a decent understanding really quite quickly because they've only started twice. So I think that's uh, going forwards. I think it'd be nice to see them do get a bit better at the back and things like set pieces and that might not be an issue for us going forward if those two really become... Well, I mean, you've first choice pair set pieces there, so I suppose I may as well jump to the the pitiful <laughs> excuse of a goal conceded. And to be honest, it wasn't the only one. There was the one in the first half as well, where their guy bicycle kicked it over. And I should score really. I, I just sometimes think like it's it's not that difficult. Like you've played ten, twelve games now, it can't be that difficult to know who you're marking in the box. And it just seems that they still don't get it. It's a it's an odd situation. It keeps coming up when we speak to Jack Ross at press conferences before matches and after matches as well. Um, they're obviously aware of it. They're, they're very turned on, this coaching team. They're, they're obviously aware of it and they do a lot of defensive work. What, what he tries to explain, he tries to give it some context, Jack Ross, is that he's not, for a myriad of reasons, been able to field a settled back five. Obviously, it's McLaughlin, but then Matthews gets injured, Leuvens gets injured, Oviedo gets injured, then gets suspended, Denver Hume gets injured... It, they've not had the time to sort of know each other and just have that instinctive, that's the bit that you do, this is the bit that I do, that's the bit of space that I have to occupy and that sort of thing. I know in a way it's kind of an excuse and still they are conceding much too much from set pieces, but there is just that bit of context that Jack Ross always wants to give it. He's not been able to sort of have a first choice back four, back five, as it were. And obviously he has changed the shape from time to time and played as a three, but he's just... Injuries have, have, have kind of stopped the development and the understanding in defence. I think it makes it tricky now as well because you've got a, a system where you, he clearly liked his sort of lopsided yeah. three at the back and doing that and having Leuvens with Flanagan on one side and Baldwin on the other. I think that was his intentions when he signed players in the summer. I think that's what he his vision was. And obviously Leuvens has gone down and he's sort of tellingly bit the bullet on Ozturk and not even inserted him. So for me, it's like you're looking at it now, does he... Just go, right, okay, we're going to be a back four. We're going to play it this way. We're just going to get good at this system and give them time to develop and create that understanding and become a stronger defensive unit with that like cohesiveness, that understanding, that in- instinctive positioning, and they know where each other are at all times, set pieces, that type of thing. Would, would maybe doing um, a fully fit squad, having a back three 
of centre backs of Leuven's uh, Baldwin and Flanagan. We nearly had that. Oh, that's yeah. the thing. We and had it. We had it for about five minutes against Coventry. It was uh, three. What a three minutes it was, though. It looked so <laughs> yeah, we looked, we looked sure. solid as hell. Yeah. I would say it was honestly, it was the best three minutes of the season, to be honest. That's, that's the question you got to ask, though, is when Leuven's is fit, do you insert him back in and go back to that system that he clearly likes, or do you go, do you know what is Flanagan Baldwin? You've earned the chance to hold this I, down. I think, too, you, you've got to think about, like, like, Oviedo fucked it, let's be honest. Yeah, it's <laughs> really, 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 really stupid. Yeah. So, and Hume's injured, unfortunately, when he was breaking in. And, and Reese James comes in yesterday and was absolutely rock solid. Wouldn't, wouldn't say a bad word about him. He's yesterday. been solid since he came. Yeah, he's always really. looked good. Not really so done anything, but. You want to. And he's a left back, isn't he? He's never going to be able to play full, like left wing back. So I wonder if, because of his performances, if they continue the way they are, if he will go back to the three at the back. It'd be interesting to see. I think it's one of those things where if, if we go on to win a few games and look good. You might, you might not have to. It's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, why would Jack Ross yeah, start tinker it. move moving players around when he doesn't have to? Because I think so far every every team he selected has pretty much selected itself. And he's just got the best out of whatever situation he's been handed due to injuries and suspension. After Blackpool, it might be the first time in a while we've actually got a little bit of choice in who we play, and it'd be interesting I, to see what he does. Um, I think this week will have given him quite a lot of food for thought. He's He's a he's a young, flexible manager. He's not set in his ways, that sort of thing. So he, he won't be afraid to change the system and change personnel depending on the opposition or depending on what he wants to do. But I think I think he will have got a lot of food for thought because obviously I was dressed as a wizard yesterday, not at Bradford. But I, w- I was at the Peterborough game in the week. And some of the attacking play is the best I've seen this season. And that will have given him, with the shape that they played and that sort of thing, that gives him now food for thought. And... In a sense, I mean, I mean, we might come onto it later. It might, it could be argued, it might be slightly too attacking in in some respects and in certain games. But I think he will have had a lot of food for thought from the two games that he's had this week. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, you're talking about the attack in there, so I want to stay on that point. But uh, I need to find the question because there was a question about this. Well, in the meantime, I like that's a good point. That like we are sort of we are going to concede goals because we are playing basically. I mean, he gives Catamore the license to go forward, and he likes seeing Catamore get into the box. So it's brilliant, isn't when, it? Lee when Barry Catamore, yeah. Cam, who was that, that late arrival on the box like Lampard used to do? But um, he he did, would do that where he gives him that license, and he clearly enjoys doing it. But that basically leaves you with your back four as the last four men, and then obviously, but most times in the game, one of those fullbacks has gone as well. So it's interesting to see. We are going to concede a lot of goals coming under pressure on the counter against teams who can clinical enough. But Cats is on the pace for like ten goals this season. Oh, I just, <laughs> just saying. Uh, so Andy Lynn asks, and this is this is a this is a big one. This is a big one. Do we play better without Honeyman? Is it as simple as that? Maybe. It's. I don't think it is as simple as that. Um, it's. It's in. Look. It seems to be a, a hot potato in the Does, fan doesn't community, it? Yeah. doesn't it? Um, Again, food for thought for Jack Ross, probably for George Honeyman this week as well, because some of the attacking play, some of the fluidity was great and he wasn't on the pitch at the time. And is there a better midfield balance to be found? I'm sure Jack Ross will be looking at it and thinking, well, that's interesting what I've discovered from that midfield playing this week and him being sat on the bench. But I, I, don't, I don't think it's his fault. I don't think it's his problem. And sometimes he might be asked to do things that he's maybe not ideally set uh, uh, sort of suited for but that, that that kind of thing it's been interesting to see though how it's worked and some of it's been really good to watch this week Joe, I think the, the Honeyman question undoubtedly we're playing better without Honeyman but I think the reason why we looked better on Tuesday without Honeyman in the side was because power was in there and like that was for me that it's was the, balance, the change yeah. you look at like the Gillingham game where we won 4-1 fair it wasn't a great performance but attacking wise it was as good as the Peterborough game in terms of getting forward that sort of interchange and it was because power was playing and it, I think it's more so having power in the team is just so important to the way we're playing that's why it's such a crying shame that we're missing him for four stroke five games he's missing Tuesday as well I like him I like him a lot but I've only seen him a couple of times because he gets suspended and that because of what's happened I like the way he does I like he just the way he holds the ball and the way he moves about the place he he takes responsibility for what he's doing while he's on the pitch except for the moments when he's stupid and gets sent off um I just like he, he plays lots of just little round the corner passes, which I like. He's always trying to get things moving forward. He's absolutely they're better with him in the midfield, but of course he's not going to be for the next five games yeah. because he's an idiot. Yeah, he moves when he passes the ball as well. It's like Dylan McGeoch is he's coming to a lot of stick when he's been playing his little run that he had, and like a couple of the things that he could do is just he needs to look before he receives the ball. He needs to have a better picture of what he's going to do with it because I feel like he gets the ball and then he starts thinking about what he's going to do. So. 
when Powell receives the ball, he's either picking it up in front of his two centre-halves and he already knows, or he's already got the time to think about it. Or when he's coming forward, he already knows, oh, I'm going to play, ping it into Madger, or I'm going to ping it out wide to Gooch or Honeyman or whoever's standing out there at the time. He always seems to have a an idea of what's going to happen and you can sort of see it come true as well. Like A couple of times, he just pings the ball into Madger. I mean, he had a chance against Bradford, which he maybe should have scored. Yeah, yeah, where he just oh, he played it in, made the run, and they got the ball back and nearly scored. And McGeoch doesn't got do set that. Off two minutes there. So, so like McGeoch sits really deep and then doesn't mm. do anything else. Like when he gets the ball, he turns and panics and loses it. Whereas Power actually has that like idea of the game and a better idea of the game plan. So it's, it's why it's a shame, step isn't it? up. It's yeah. why it's a shame. And look, I called him an idiot. He's not an idiot. We've all done stupid things and that sort of thing. But unfortunately. He's done it twice now and and that kind of thing. And people are now going to target him and test him out and have a go at his temperament because he's starting to get himself a bit of a reputation. Yeah. And he, he's just got to be very careful. Well, that's that. the thing. You're talking about um, Honeyman as well. Obviously, social media, they all have it. And he'll notice the amount of criticism that he, anything goes wrong in the game, it's his fault. No matter yeah. what he's actually... Even if he's got nothing to do with it, it's his fault. And like... Maybe he's coming under a lot of pressure because he knows that Sunderland fans seem to like to comment on his performance more than most other players. Um, I've never seen for a while many people that divided over one player ever. Like he has a bad game, or oh, it's all Honeyman's fault. Well, you know, and- the thing is with Honeyman, and I know what you're saying about there's, there hasn't been this much of a polarizing player for such a long time, but I think Catamol was in that position very recently where was, people like, were criticising, hammering him. And like, I think, again, QPR, I think it was, when, um, who was it, like Jason Steele got sent off for uh, handballing yes. it yeah. in like our box or whatever. But, um, well, not in the box. Yeah, he was like, he was... He handled it in the box. That he was in a different, decent, a different That would be postcode. better for him. If he, if he handled it, it in been, the box, that yeah, would be brilliant. I think that was probably the problem from last year. He didn't know that he could. <laughs> Rarely handled the ball in the box. <laughs> yeah, very rare. Oh, like very season. rare. So yeah, but Catamull got all that criticism and he... <clears throat> He took it and then he got his head down and he worked hard and he started putting yeah. in better performances. Now the fans love him again. So I think with Honeyman, it, it, the fans who are criticising him aren't being unreasonable. They're just looking for a certain level of quality that he's not showing. And if he does manage to turn it around and start showing that he's a better player and contribute and maybe score a couple of goals or make a couple of like key passes and make a change to some games, then the fans will turn around and they'll support him. It's it's. I get the frustration with Honeyman. I get the people who are frustrated with the people who are frustrated with Honeyman, but... There's no smoke without fire, so to speak, and I think Honeyman needs to. He does need to improve. Simply put, because he's one of those players who we will need him to be in the team, featuring heavily, taking minutes. And at the moment, he's not doing enough for us. So now I'm wondering, since Power's out, is this a chance to give Luke or Nine more of an opportunity? Uh, well, Luke or Nine has been ill this week, so yeah, he has. Uh, it's. I don't know how long he's going to be. I mean, he's got, he's had a cold. I think he put on a thingy that he said well, he wasn't working. It, it would be good for him to be able to play on Tuesday night in the Czech yeah, trade because be uh, he, he he needs to get on the pitch. Yeah, let's get some minutes. Uh, just want to touch fact, still back on Max Power because um, I think the thing that made it more stupid for me is he was given the captaincy. And one of the things with Honeyman is, is everyone's like they shouldn't have given the captaincy. He's made a rod for his own back. It, all that sort of sort of stuff. Power had the opportunity to take to, it off him. to take the captaincy. I've no doubt if we'd won the game yesterday and Power had played and he maybe scored that chance and didn't get sent off, he could have been the captain of the club. And you know now, he, will he get that opportunity again? Would you give the captaincy to him? You know, you, you ask your captain. For me, a captain needs to have his head, needs to you know be the one who's calm, able to speak the referee in a, a good manner, and you know argue your case, but not do it over the top and. You know, whatever's happened, whatever's been said to him, there's just no excuse if you're the captain of Sunderland Football Club that you should kick out. It's just idiotic. I found it interesting that he was given the captaincy on Tuesday and then yesterday. He's obviously highly thought of Mm -hmm. as a person and as a player, but that is a tremendous black mark on your copybook, unfortunately, especially wearing a captain's armband to do what he did yesterday. He's not back till November, mid-November. I thought what was telling, though, was Jack Ross, when he was asked about it, he didn't seemed to care he wasn't fussed he, he was like he, 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 you know, he'll worry about the fact he's got to pick a team without power in for five games later but his initial response was well yeah. yeah but he said that he wasn't going to dig a player out in public that's true and so he might he might dig him out in private but the thing is Jack Ross is the guy who sees him seven days a week or however many days a week Yeah, on the training pitch he knows what he's like he knows that he's at a moment there but it might be that Jack Ross asks his players to go out with that sort of extra competitive edge and that extra bite and it's he might think well it's it, Ross might think it's his own fault for 
giving these players the license to do that and not being disciplined enough. It's there must there's a lot going on, a lot of pieces to just blame one guy for one mistake like that. Well, at least for one. Uh, speaking of captaincies, uh, Michael Scott here asks Lee Catramol's resurgence is resurgence as a player is down to man management for Jack Ross or is it the lack of responsibility of being captain which is allowing him to play his own game and not sort of worry about I suppose well, the... is that not also Jack Ross then well yeah I suppose well done Chris yeah good inference <laughs> very good I think the person who takes the most credit for Lee Catamol's resurgence is Lee Catamol um, because he could very very easily have so on the sucked yeah. over the summer and he hasn't. And people at the moment, the the it, it's odd to sort of keep calling him the new manager, Jack Ross, because he's been there a while now and that sort of thing. But the manager and the current management team have not got a bad word to say about Lee Catamull around the place, the way he looks after himself, the way he trains, and the way he's enjoying it and he's serious about it. Yeah. No, I think he's yesterday just seeing him, you know, right. turn the away end at the end and, you know, give it the, <clears throat> the massive, you know, the fists up. And it's just, it's lovely to see because he's a player that I loved. Like, I did love him and then... The last couple of years, I got sick of him by the Luton game where he made stupid mistake for the goal. I got sick of him at that point. Now at that point, I was done, and I was a week early. I was a week early in my hatred of him. Well, the thing about Catamol is, I feel like you know a lot of players, you know, get credit for being a hard worker and you know passionate and that kind of thing. I feel like in League One, being passionate and hard working can be a lot more. You can have a bit like a better, better time, like more successful. Like you don't need as much quality, I don't think, as you would in the Championship or the Premier League. I think working working hard is enough to have a good season, yeah. And he's doing that right now. And maybe it's his level. I don't know. Maybe well, low, low championship, though. high league one is his level now. I think. Well, sorry, oh. I, I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think in this, in the same way that you know, I get the feeling that the great majority of Sunderland fans are quite enjoying the experience of League One, winning games, that sort of thing. I think there might be a little bit of that with Catamol as well. You know, all of a sudden, he's playing in a team that's winning games because it's been an awful slog for the last five, six seasons for him. You know, that sort of thing. Even back in the Premier League, where, you know, come sort of late March, early April, and he'd go into full beast mode and yeah. as, as Sunderland once again crawled over the line to stay up <laughs> and that kind of thing. But it's it's been a right slog. And now it's a different... It's a different level, but it's a different type of football in a team looking to win games rather than just survive. Yeah, no, I think uh, for Catamol as well, it says a big thing when you're winning games of football, isn't it? That's what makes players better. It's literally just winning a match every week, getting that feel that you're not going to get beaten now. It's been, what, 12 games, lost one game? You know, long time since Sunderland had that sort of form. Uh, there's a question here about Max Power, which I should have probably put in before, but I forgot about it. from John Woolnew. Woolnew? Woolnew? Yeah, you see that there? Yeah. I don't know. John. John. Yeah. Do we have the option to cancel Max Powers transfer if we wanted to? Is the deal agreed? Now, firstly, I want to put nip that on the bud straight away. While I am annoyed, frustrated at Max Powers. Furious. Yeah. Outraged. Furious. Even furious. I'm furious, like. Yeah. About his stupid red card. And no doubting that he is an absolute baller at this level. And uh he's never been sent off before until he's time for Sunderland, so I'm just going to say that these two red cards are completely out of character and unlucky and that he will be a brilliant player for Sunderland for the next few years. So even if you could cancel it, there is no way that I would cancel that deal. I don't know if you feel the same. No, absolutely. That's like the... I mean, I don't suppose he's actually... I don't know if he's saying that because he thinks we should cancel the transfer, but that would be the biggest knee-jerk reaction of all I don't knee-jerk think we reactions. Just as a no, my understanding would be that, that that's pretty much done. Yeah. The deal. Done deal. And, and no, I agree with everything you've said there. Good player. Good fit for Sunderland. Seems to relish playing for Sunderland. No, absolutely. Yeah, keep him on. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that we should cancel his deal at all. I think mean, that's far too harsh. I mean, instinct reaction again, like, oh, I'm sick of this. You know, he's suspended for nine games now, whatever. Get him off. Get rid of him. We don't need that kind of discipline. But like, you know, over the season, it'll look at, but look back on the season and be like, actually, he was pretty good for us, I think. And, and the fi- final sort of things, and I'm going to include the previous red cards we've had this season in this, but Joe Burton asks, do you think that the fact that the players keep retaliating to opponents' shithouses is a problem going forward? Possibly. I mean, um, that's what, the third red yeah, we've had this it's, season? It's going to happen all the time. I mean, you can. it's been threatening to happen a lot this season as well. I know, like, first couple of days, Lyndon Gooch in the first few games was on the on the line the whole yeah. way through, getting kicked and... He figured it out, you know, by the time he got elbowed in the face, he pretty much realised how to how to play. But it's like every single one of them needs to realise they are the targets they're going to get mm-hmm. kicked and bullied. And you just need to keep your head. It's simple as that. Like Jack Ross might, 
you tell them you know stick up for yourself don't let it don't let them walk all over you because you know at the same same time that is the right thing to do but it's a very fine balance at the moment we're not quite getting it right we're too uh too well disciplined simon i couldn't agree more with what you've just said there um i think there's a personally i think there's a slightly big picture element to this as well i do subscribe to the notion that sunderland are going to get better as the season goes on this is still a young team learning to play with each other and i i think a symptom of that might be that they're a little bit on edge because they're they're a little frustrated that they're not quite there yet and jack ross would admit that as well that they haven't quite clicked the way that he wants to i think that if and when they do click, I think that they'll go on runs. I think the rest of the division has got a lot to worry about when that happens. But just for the moment, I think they probably know that they're capable of playing a little bit better than they are. And look at look at the league table and look at the record. It's fine. It's been a good, great start, really. But I think they're capable of more. And I wonder if sometimes the frustration is that it's just not quite yet clicking and translating. I think the important thing as well is the worst performance of the season was probably Burton. Still had chances to win. Still had chances to get goals to win. And that's the thing. Like We're in every game. And it's been a long time, even last year, the championship, that we were in every game possible yeah. to get a draw or a win. So I yeah, think we've, we've got to... And the fact that we're playing pretty poorly for the long, for the most part and not losing or even winning games, that's a good sign. And as I say, you get to the halfway point in the season and come the new year, maybe similar to what happened with Roy Keane, where they just went on the, the rest of the run. season and just lost once. Honestly, I'd love, I'd love to see what happens when we've got like we just need like a, a clean month where we have our squad fit and available because it's not happened. I mean, I don't think it's happened for us for about six years. But like we had like at a this fully point in fit time, game for Coventry, and then we picked up like four injuries. I know it's that was the first time all season we had yeah, pretty much everyone available, and then it all went massively sideways. But it's like, I mean, at the start of the season, I think Stuart Donald came out and said. Like we might start really slowly, we might not be anywhere near where we want to be by the end of the season. But January will be a great time for us to address what's missing because we don't know what to expect, and then we'll be able to go from there. The fact that we're like I think a third at the moment, that's yeah. that's yes. phenomenal. Point that's such a, such a good yeah. job by Jack Ross. I get I get the feeling that they're they're actually they're delighted yeah. with the league position and the way that they've started. But it it's not that they didn't expect to start well, but I think they wondered whether a few more eggs yeah. might have to be broken while the omelette was getting made. Yeah, they were they were prepared to not start well. I think yeah. I think he's well he said that we had more players we wanted to get over the line that we just didn't. So And they wanted to get rid of a few. Yes. And it's interesting actually, we've got a few questions on the transfer window, but with the performances of well, Catamore really, is there likely to be any interest in him in January? I mean at the minute, would you say he's probably in the top five centre mids in the league? Probably. Um is he on too much? I think his historical contract situation means that I don't know if that many people are going to come knocking on the door in January. I mean, even if they did and we accepted an offer, like Lee could still say no. He could. Yeah, he could still stay and keep his money. And to be fair, I mean, if he's playing well for Sunderland and the fans like him again, then he'll have every reason to stay for yeah. his own personal reasons. Mm-hmm. Other than- unless maybe a team in the Championship who's doing quite well want him. And if he has a chance to... I mean, Sheffield United are top at the moment. You know, if they were top at Christmas and you had a chance maybe to go up with them, would he want to take that or go uh-huh. into the championship with Sunderland where he could go into the Premier League instead? Borough has been linked with them in the past. Although so then again, will they do business with us again? Because Paddy McNair is having a stinger down there. So no, He's not getting his game. I don't think Middlesbrough would look at Lee Catamore. I think a more likely departure in January is Oviedo. Yeah, um, yeah but he's yes. been the worst out of the... I mean, not worst, harsh word, but he's red card. Just What about Josh Madger? Um, I, don't, I think I think and hope from Sunderland's point of view that January will be too soon in terms of predators from higher so leagues. My, just my worry is he's, he's um, still on these original contracts. Well, that's isn't true, he? but I mean they are they are looking into it. Obviously, that you know, and other oh, young right. players as well, they are looking into that. But but the the money is tight these days, and so obviously getting the two shit house lads out the door uh, helps with the week to week and and wage bills and stuff like that. And then now they can start to look at the future yeah. and, and things like that in turn but that, that question if he keeps scoring goals people will he'll be on lists of yeah. teams in the championship and the Premier League mm-hmm. but I don't know if he's supposed to be like a, a, a sort of down to earth lad and I, want, I wonder if he might look at the, the Joe Lasoro thing and say you know what I'm better off stopping here for now yeah. at least till the mm-hmm. summer see how it goes see, what, see how the contract thing works itself out and that kind of thing he's playing football he's enjoying it he's doing well 
He's young. He's got a lot of years ahead of him. Just stick stick with it. Stick yeah. with it. I I'll, think seeing Oviedo go out the door as well might be fantastic news as well because it means that salary is just going to get spread across those lads. It's, it's, it's Hume's great it, so well. It, it, yeah. It, well, that's the thing. The, the, it's, it seems an obvious one. Mm-hmm. If, the, if, the, if there is a way out for Oviedo, it would be good for the club financially. Um, he's a good player. He's like Catamol. He's come back and he's not complained and he's tried. Yes, he was stupid with his sending off, but he's got a lot of quality, especially at this level. But, I've been really impressed with Denver Hume. And as you said, Reese James hasn't really let anyone down when he's come in. So he's a player that you can let go. Yeah, definitely. And I think back to the Magic thing, we talk about him moving. Sometimes in football, this happens all the time. When you've got it good, don't leave. You know, you look at managers in the past, you know, I look at Owen Coyle when he was at Burnley. Don't leave. He went to Bolton. Where's he now? You know, and there's so many managers. You look at Eddie Howe left Bournemouth, went to Burnley, had to come back. Darren Bent. don't leave yeah Yeah. that's the thing if you've got a good thing write that good thing out until it's not a good thing in football because there's so often a player leaves or managers leave it's normally managers to be honest and it doesn't work and Josh Madger now he's played 12 games for Sunderland and now they know how to play with him you know we know that he's not going to win a physical air battle but he will win the head head below he'll win them battles all game he's got a little bit of a partnership with Jerome Sinclair going and he's scoring goals he's finding you know they're finding him and he's putting it in the net don't leave because when he goes to a new team he's 19 that team will be inclined to be like well okay we'll we'll be a bench player off the bench very much what he was at Sunderland last season for me it's just a no-brainer to play it out at Sunderland for the next year especially since he's only 19 you know we're talking about a 25 year old we're talking about a kid who is a kid it's exactly what he is stick it out he's playing regular football he's going to be playing at a top league one team this year and if they go up he's going to be the main man in a championship side a big championship club just doesn't make any sense to me I wouldn't be if I was his agent I would be very much telling them to, to stick it out for the next at least 18 months I reckon some sort of anthem classical music in the background during that speech would be you excellent think, yeah. like <laughs> and glory yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sean <laughs> um, so I want to Finally, Aaron Barnes asks about uh, Chris Maguire. And yesterday, he just epitomised everything that's good about Sunderland Football Club yesterday. Just, you know, you've seen the picture of him laughing in their guy's face. Everyone's seen that? Yeah. Yes, yeah. And you know what? And that, that sums it up, isn't it? Like, he, he gets a tackle. Their guy stands up and is like, ref, I can't believe you've given that tackle. And he's just literally laughing in his face. And do you know what? I love that. I love it. <laughs> Happened to him um, against Rochdale. When he, I don't know if anyone remembers, he had a set piece as a free kick and he just absolutely wasted it. He just sent it into Standard. the top row of the south stand. And then Peterborough's captain was like wheeling away, like laughing at him. And then from that point on, Maguire had like the best game he's had all season. So I say, like, works for some people. We need to send somebody in before the game. Go, Maguire, you are shit, mate. You are the <laughs> worst player I've ever seen. He's 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 grand, isn't he? He's if you could like have an identikit of a, a cult hero, it's Chris Maguire, oh, yeah. isn't absolutely. it? He's he's got a bit of a temper on him. He's got he's got some mean old quality on him as well, and that sort of thing. He laughs in people's faces. He nearly gets sent off some of the time. He's a man of the people. He is. Yeah, he's one of those players that I imagine like opposition fans would absolutely despise and be like, yeah, I'll, but he's ours. He's ours, <laughs> and I love him. Yeah, absolutely. If I, I was, was if I was a Bradford fan yesterday, like I would have been yeah. honestly, I would have been being for his blood. Like, I mean, I'm not wanting to invade on the pitch and punch somebody, but I would have I would have <laughs> no, done that. Every, about the every team needs a shit house. Yeah. And he's ours. What a man. We haven't had one for years. Yeah, just like a just proper proper shit house. We I not, mean, and you, I, I put a tweet out yesterday saying, Yeah, we have Chris Maguire and you don't. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, people would love to have someone like him in their team. I know the, I know the Oxford fans still like love him. Like he was an icon when he was there. And like but the other side of it is I suppose we're yet to see it. But uh, he can cost you games when he gets his he can. gets his but head on a bit. Yesterday, but... about 75 or 85 minutes yesterday, honestly, he was able to keep the ball in that half of the pitch for about 10 minutes. Like, that's <laughs> just how long the wasted, because he was, every time he was winning a foul, he was always able to kick the ball out of play, like miles out of play. Every time he'd throw in, he'd make sure it went further. And, like, he's just, like, giving it this, like, moving his hands to the Bradford fans, and he's just, he's just irritating them, and you're just there as a fan, like, yeah. Yeah, you keep doing that, and mate. His quality as well. Like he's, I, I, his first touch is just superb. I know there's the, the the one against Peterborough, which oh, everyone stunning. knows about. That that was someone else. Like, but uh, his first touch is excellent. He's whenever the ball comes in, into him, he's like got like half a foot on the uh, the centre half. He's got you think he's never going to win this, but he just digs his body into him and then takes it down and controls it. It's like, and he always tries to he always tries to bring the ball down as well. So you'll find like 
quite often in the season we've had like little head tennis go on from time to time and Maguire's always the one who tries to jump in and actually bring the ball down and he does it with quite a high degree of success so that's uh, mm. I, I want mean, to see him in the Premier League the way we need to play oh, I'd love to see him in the Premier League it's great. He's, he's, he's quality I mean the, the, I'm sure you've seen it that little um, video that someone tweeted out of the, the like low angle of his bit of skill that's oh. up Sinclair's goal that was that that was so good <laughs> I mean alright it was actually pretty Duff defending, that, uh, who cares? But but it was brilliant, <laughs> brilliant control. It was really good. I, I feel like in a derby, he would be right up for oh, it. Oh, That's in James Park. We're for next season in the championship when Newcastle plays on them. Um, I'm going to get loads of stick if Newcastle fans are listening. Uh, but yes, Newcastle, if Newcastle say, well, fans are listening to this, then well, they go to the games, don't they? So uh, if you know, if you get any, if you get any stick on Twitter from people about what you've said on that uh, just there, then we can just single them out and just go look. <laughs> yeah, Chris. No, but honestly, he would be right up for that. Like, oh he, he would either get sent off or score the winner. Let's be honest. Definitely, I, I don't. Very like, little. In between, he nearly got yeah. sent yeah. off against Oxford, which was the like. Honestly, I would <laughs> after that game, I wouldn't have thought that a few games later I'd be talking about how much I love him because I was irritated with him that day. He should have got sent off. But he, he, so off goals, that, he, he, he scored that rocket against Burton, and has he scored any other goals? Yeah, yeah. he has. Yeah. He's got one of them. He scored at Gillingham, didn't he? He scored at home. Oh, yeah, yeah. He scored against Scunthorpe. He scored against. Oh, of course, that was a good goal, that wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was. I, I was on holiday why I'm in America. America. That nice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I got this horse badge yeah. here. All them nuggets of information. I, I think the on, the only thing I would say, I, he, you know, he's already he's made himself a he's made himself popular with Sunderland supporters. He he should probably score more because he's very talented yeah. at this level. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's an interesting point actually. It's you look for contributions of a parts of the pitch. Like Madge is obviously flying with nine, but yeah, perhaps Maguire. Maybe not Goose because he's been injured, but like people Good like Maguire, Honeyman should have been scoring more when he was in the team as well. I think. Yeah, his, his position is to make. But when Max Power had two goals early on, then obviously he's not playing. He he'll score goals from midfield. Should have scored one yesterday. Lee Catmull's chipping in, so that's, yeah. that's all that matters. Baz is, Baz is. <laughs> I think he scored as many goals this season as he has done for Sunderland, like up until this point. I don't know. I think he scored six in total through them this season. <coughs> Maybe. I'm not. I'm not a joint as the host. I'm going to back out of that one. Uh, I've just made a certain right dance about how good I am. Making a claim one. for that badge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can you can have that one. Uh, Michael Smith asks, "Do you think we are starting to adapt to League One football, e.g., the physical side and defending balls in the box?" Well, Michael, defending balls in the box, we are clearly not doing. We've already been <laughs> whinging about that one today. So, no, in that sense. But the physical side, are we? Slowly um, but surely. Slowly, but again. No. Go back to the point, the sendings off are maybe a symptom of them not quite being right and them still being a bit at edge and not utterly comfortable with the situation. Getting there, though. And the thing is, what, 12 games, six wins, five draws, one defeat? It's eight, it ain't bad. It doesn't no. It doesn't suggest a team that is floundering, does it? No. Um, so, yeah, Michael, I would say that we are, but I still think we've got a ways to go. I'd say, I'd say we're not. I think we're more... The players we signed are used to League One anyway. Like I think the players we've got on our team are fine with physicality in League One. It's just I think it's just a chemistry thing. They just don't. It, we're not on a like a, a level where everyone just instinctively knows where to move and where everyone's going to be yet. And I think when we get there, we'll be great. Looking for that telepathy, 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 telepathy. Oh, telepathy. I don't know. What I said I'll stick with it. Telepathy. It's a good word. <laughs> uh, we've got a thing here from somebody called SCF, and he put the Blackpool game is off with an angry emotion. Uh, <laughs> was going to that one why is it off big team we George still, fault. <laughs> we should still be on <laughs> now the thing is with that is like my dad was wanting to go to that one he, he's a bit annoyed I wouldn't say he was angry he was absolutely outraged but at the end of the day we don't have a keeper so yep McLaughlin and Tom Flanagan has got a call up as well hasn't he yeah and so, uh, Oviedo was called up but he's suspended, so he probably called up as well so yeah it's, it, it may as well call I mean, John McLaughlin is so important and it's it's just I don't, I, I, I don't think it's bad I know, I know that probably they'll drop off the pace a little bit because other teams will play and Sunderland won't but um, it, it's it been busy there's a check of trade this week I, I think a weekend off might not be the worst thing in the world for the squad to be perfectly honest Jack Ross is slightly concerned I think um, I think he wanted a game on Saturday I think he's quite happy with the way the momentum's going he seemed a little bit like it is what it is when it comes to that but he's clearly not over the moon that it's been postponed but then again what can you do if you keep it's not available? I'm sure you wouldn't want to play it without McLaughlin either. So, fair. Uh, so with the game being called off, this is from Andrew Tong. Should we take Tuesday's game a little bit more seriously? Uh, less changes and less kids involved to get the win. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, uh, especially what he does up front because he's he's really only got Madge. Clear. Um, yeah, I mean he, he might. I I take it reasonably seriously. I think someone would like to 
get out of the group and progress in the checker trade. Because look, there's a chance to go to Wembley, isn't there? Money as well. Uh, and there's, there's money to be made. Yeah, I'd take it reasonably seriously, but you know, it, it's Morgan, isn't it, on Tuesday? No, no, Carlisle. it's Carlisle. Um, but see that decent post, side that host, host, <laughs> <laughs> journalist. That's yeah. no, a Carlisle fan. Uh, so yeah, I should have um, known that. <laughs> uh, obviously, if anyone's got a niggle and knock, you're not going to take any risks for this match. No, I wouldn't not. have thought, but. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go reasonably strong because of the the free weekend that's coming up. Do you think he's been take, he's keep, he's taking Madger off after the red cards? Now, obviously, that might be because tactical for the red cards. But you think he's taking them off because he knows that Madger is so important that he knows with twenty five minutes left. Yeah, it's a little bit like if you're in a position where you're going to be sticking all your remaining ten men behind the ball and defending. What's the point in risking Madger because he's not going to make enough of a contribution defensively, or at least compared to Sinclair, well, it's not like you I, get I was any more. Yesterday. Uh, from corners, Madger goes back. Sinclair stays up front. So that's why I was surprised that they took Madger off because Sinclair does actually, doesn't defend the corners. Does he ever do anything? He does. You know what? He's, he's effective. Sinclair's hold up plays better. I think that yeah. that's yeah. it's the the weakness. And I know you shouldn't criticize a 19 year old who scored nine goals too much. <laughs> but no. is 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 linker played his hold up play is not his strong suit at the moment. And I think the substitutions in those situations Reflect are because you, you need a tight unit when you're playing with mm-hmm. with especially if you have to play with ten men. And if you if, if your front man in that system isn't great at holding the ball up, then the whole structure of it can get a bit broken down. So I think I think that's why he's he's sacrificed in those situations. Yeah, he's working on that game though. You can see like definitely he yeah. must be doing it all the time. Uh, he's training. nineteen as well. I mean, yeah. You know, he's not he's not expected to be Robert Lewandowski at no, nineteen. And he's he? he's he's quite like he looks like physically strong as well. He looks muscular. He's he's definitely got the potential to go on and become a really big like unit just up front. But he'll never be a hold up player, target man. It's just not his game. He's yeah. a He's a finisher. He finds He's, space. He moves in the right areas. It reminds me a lot of Defoe. Like Defoe oh, yeah. was um, obviously a very good finisher, but it was like his build-up play was very... He never gave the ball away really that much. He was very much fancy... Not fancy flicks, but good flicks. Nice passing. And Magic is very similar for me. I mm-hmm. think he's a... Just Magic does give the ball away a little too often when he's passing yeah, but he's, at the moment. That's the thing. He's 19. But, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd say... I would say you've got to take just about every game you play seriously. You've got to try and find a way to win no matter mm-hmm. what game it is. But... I don't know. I mean, I'd try and play a strongish team. Maybe not play Magic because we do need to focus on promotion and the, the League One table. And if he gets in, if he gets injured, then and our luck with injuries at the moment uh, this week anyway. Um, you know, if Magic got injured, that would be horrendous for us. As as good as the rest of the team could be, we need him up front. Yeah, I think so, him there two weeks. I think off. also, I don't. Yeah. We don't really have a choice. <laughs> it's like we've only got so many. Yeah. players to bring in so I I'd probably start Kimpioko up front though um, because I don't who are against Stoke I would just I would just rest Badger and Sinclair and then if we need to go on and win a game bring then you can bring one of them on but just Kimpioko Maguire um, maybe give of the nines available you've got to throw him in there because you've got to get the minutes but Honeyman surely plays as well Honeyman yeah yeah he should play yeah. on Tuesday yeah. yeah. Ozturk might get a chance to centre half probably I would probably give him a, sh- a shot in there uh, Madger, how many goals? You know, he's nine, nine and twelve. That pace, he's going to end up with about forty, <laughs> 30, 35 to forty. Probably not going to get that. But what is a, a realistic game? I think Jack Ross wanted twenty, twenty-five. I think was yeah. realistic. I don't think twenty-five is unrealistic at the minute. Do you think thirty? Um, no, I, th- yeah. I think you, you, you know, he's not super Kevin Phillips, is he? Not quite yet. Yeah, um, but you never know. He, he's a very, very good finisher. Um, he, he's obviously on track to get 20 comfortably and hey that's great isn't it 19 years old yeah. uh, playing his first full season of league football and I think he's doing great I think he could easily do 25 I think he, I think he should very easily do 25 because we're a team that are only going to create more and more chances as the season goes on as we get better and better yeah, I, Madger, he, I think I, I was talking about this in the group chat with the lads earlier but we uh, he's, he's his shots on target is like 71% of all of his shots at the target. That's a ridiculous figure for just shots on target. So he's got nine out of that. He clearly hasn't had many chances, I don't think. I think of the nine goals, he's only really had maybe He doesn't 18. miss 20, does he? Nah. I can't recall him missing too many. Some, some, some of it's really good. If he well. keeps converting at that rate that and he keeps getting more chances, bottom. then yeah, he'll be, he'll be nailed on for 2025. I, like I, I think he should set himself 30. <laughs> <laughs> you brought up the Peterborough goal. Peterborough goal was such an accomplished finish. It was it oh, yeah. really was. It, well, it's the way just the way he took well, space from it's the way he takes like two or three touches and you think how on earth have you found the time to take that many touches yeah. before you've shot that's like 
Yeah, but he ripped the I defender like in half. He, like the defender didn't know where he was coming on. Yeah. It'd just... be interesting to see like next season if we like when we get promoted if he can do when? it again. <laughs> if we can do it again against better centre halves because I think you know, a bit of that might be the the opposition he's going up against. Give him that extra time. But nineteen year old kid scoring nine goals in the football Unbelievable, league. Yeah, you can't knock it. Uh, so game on Tuesday. Well, I suppose expecting a win. No, it's going to do. I mean, there's no game for two weeks. I can't really do a League One score prediction, but I'll throw around the Carlisle score prediction. <laughs> Simon, you you take. Uh, it. I mean, it obviously depending on what team, but I mean, Sunderland will look to win. Um, and and if they do, then you know they're not quite there, but they'd have one foot in the knockout stages, wouldn't they? So I think it's worth going quite strong on it, and they'll win two nil. Two nil. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking two nil as well. Yeah, this is this has happened before. I'm sure we've had a score prediction where everyone picked two nil. Oh, I'm going to go four nil. Four nil. Yes, I think Honeyman is going to score. Don't That's know how it. many he's going to score. Just throw that out there so people can give you abuse. My dad's a massive Carlisle fan, so we're going to beat him four 0 And I'm going to, I'm going to, maybe they'll play him up front, and he'll he'll reinvent himself from a six out of ten midfielder to a nine out of ten striker. Absolutely. We beat uh, Carlisle reckon, last season, and we were awful last season. Last I reckon uh, Honeyman might end up playing on the right wing as well at some point as like a good replacement. Because he did play there quite a bit when he was a kid Fair. in the academy. Uh, I, I think we'll win. I only thought about three one. I'll throw it out there, three one. Carl, do you cover Carlisle, Simon? Uh, like, yeah, yeah, because I'm uh, sports correspondent for Border as well. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, they're they're up and down. They're actually they're actually better away from home than they are at home. So <laughs> I suppose that's one. Do you know how many fans are to be aware of? I don't know how many fans does any away team bring for the Checker Trade Trophy. There's only so many people in Carlisle. It's a local fans. game. Don't often play at the same. Like they played in the cup a few years ago, and I recall them having a bigger way on that day. They certainly did. Yeah, yeah. Graham Cavanagh was manager that. then as well. Uh, former Sunderland midfielder Graham Cavanagh no. was manager, I think. Was he? I believe so. Yeah. Didn't go so well for him there, though. Yeah, no. Well, it happens. It happens. Who is their current manager? Because I know Keith Cole. John Sheridan. John Sheridan. No way. He's one of them. He's a journeyman League Two manager, isn't he? Just... Yeah, he's a well, he's a, a grumpy, old-fashioned type of manager, business-like. <laughs> There's you. He's like he's going to have you in the office, isn't he? He's like <laughs> Simon. I heard you said I was grumpy, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really annoyed about it. <laughs> I am really which which would in fact prove that he was grumpy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> feeling very grumpy about your assertion there. All right, okay. Has anybody else got any points to add before wrapping up? I apologise for going under an hour, which is unusual. I think it's the first one of the season went under mm. an hour, but. I'd get one. You know, everyone says after you can't judge anything till ten games. Yeah. Uh, in in a forty six game season, that is incorrect. This is the point we should be making judgments. Judge. Twelve games oh, because we are now a quarter can, of the of the way through the season. Can we all make like one steaming hot take then? Like one thing, a projection <laughs> for the rest of the season. It could be anything from like I don't know, an injury to a goal scorer <laughs> at a better start than I was expecting that Sunderland would make. I think they'll get better. I think they'll get promoted. Winners? No reason why not. Okay. Johnny, hot take. All hail King Chris Maguire. (laughs) And we will win the league with Chris holding that trophy proudly at the end of the season. Chris? We're going to win the Checker Trade Trophy. Oh. (laughs) We're going going to Wembley. And I also think we're going to go playoffs and get Wembley in the playoffs as well. There's going to be a lot of Wembley involved at the end of the season. I'm going to say that George Honeyman will not be the Sunderland player to lift the League One trophy then. See, I was thinking about going the total opposite and saying yeah. Honeyman's going to turn it completely around and become no, our favourite player. I really like Honeyman and I'm just throwing that out there because I get a lot of stick for my love of him. So I'm just, that's my hot take. All right, Honeyman. then, well, who will? Who will? Oh, it's, it's uh, an obvious it's choice. Not be, it's not going to be Matt Jack Baldwin. Jack Ball, ah, Jack nah, Baldwin. nah, Russell, not, nah, and Russell not put Baldwin in charge. I think uh, we can't all. Nah, not we can't all. They like can't all. We're on bad back. Jack <laughs> Baldwin, he's a future Sunderland captain. I agree with that. Like, to be fair, yeah, yeah, Johnny Goldsmith with us. See, mm. hot take is already <laughs> getting legs. I saw a campaign hashtag Baldwin for captain. <laughs> I'm sure Jack Ross will see that hashtag and be like oh well I better do it now I'll go down before the start of the game next to the day like, Jack Jack just just one minute one word like, <laughs> Jack Ross will be like I'll never get on the podcast if I don't make Jack Baldwin captain now yeah that's it the thing, do you know what it is I've heard that he really wants to get on as well I don't believe that <laughs> he's really keen. might be making that up he's, he's Roy Keane to get on the, the podcast alright okay is there, is there anything else anything else all done Oh, actually, we're going to be on ITV tomorrow. Well, I'm going to be on ITV. You'll be on ITV as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want yeah, to yeah, yeah. discuss the schedule? Do you want me to discuss what we're doing? Well, why, why don't you? Because you were there. Yeah, I was going to say. So you, so you were the, the organiser of it, but you're not really involved. Well, it's because it was my daughter's birthday party yesterday, so um, I was unavailable to go to Bradford. So, yeah, so what did you do, Connor? 
Yeah. Uh, so I met a cameraman and a producer, a nice producer, John Blair. Johnny Blair. Yeah, nice guy from Bradford. Uh, he's a bantam. He says he was kind of a bantam. Uh, had a little interview, a long interview actually, because I talk a lot of shite. Go on. It's quite I'm a flowery never. interview. Yeah. <laughs> then we, we went down to the away end, to which a lot of people were like, who's that dickhead getting videoed? Oh, it's that dickhead off Rogo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was that was. That's fun. what he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, like, he's got less hair than I thought. <laughs> uh, so, you probably yeah. couldn't see because of the glare off the top of your head. Like. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Oh, funny enough, it was actually absolutely boiling yesterday because the sun was right on the wind. Uh, so yeah, we, we did a nice little interview outside. Uh, there's a like, nice little uh, me talking into the face of the camera, like straight deadpan down there. Uh, did a few videos in the ground. I was that idiot who was vlogging in the stadium. Um, so that was fun. And then uh, outside the ground, we did another interview. And yeah, that was that. Missed the start of the Newcastle game, which my uncle, who's a Newcastle fan, wasn't happy about, but shit happens missed the two goals and they got to be 3-2 so. uh, he saw the only point that I, was then. <laughs> I was doing a Chris Maguire and was literally laughing in his face <laughs> as the third goal that was in. fantastic that, like, I, I was uh, dropping my brother off at a gig and it was 2-0 to Newcastle and I left the house and I was like uh, never mind we'll just pretend that never happened then and then dropped him off me other mate got in the car and I was like what's the Newcastle score he's like oh they've lost 3-2 Hey, so what happened Sanchez 90th minute I was like oh even better a player was. who has been just awful all season as well. Disappointing for them, but they they were they were part of someone else's story. Yeah, that was a different was script, all, wasn't it? The story was always, always about Mourinho and Man United. It was always going to be that, that journalist, like he must have been sitting there and then a two nil. You know, I reported the story that he's getting sacked near two nil. He's like, Yes, I have hit the jackpot here. I took a stab and the stab has worked. And then as soon as they turn around, there's no way Man United could sack Mourinho now. Not a chance. Because like they won 3-2 they were 2-0 down 1-3-2 the players are obviously behind them I wonder it's not if... all Ashley's fault by the way obviously. even though he doesn't do the tactics but well, it's all like, fault. and George that... Honeyman's as yes, well absolutely. yeah yeah George Honeyman it's like Benitez executed a perfect first half and then Ashley messed up the second half didn't he? yeah that was obviously it it was obviously <laughs> it so uh, do you know what? it's not often we talk about Newcastle so we best talk at least one more thing about Sunderland before signing off so somebody pick a topic so what was your favourite moment of the game was it oh, the winning goal was it the penalty save was it the tackle after the penalty save or was it Chris Maguire laughing in someone's do you know, face I'm glad you said that Simon because actually Gav texted us saying make sure you do the moment of the game which is a tweet and I didn't uh-huh. so now you've said it I can now know we've done it so that's happy days my moment would have been McGotland's save and that is what the Twitter community have said 58% what would you say uh, I was listening to it on uh, BBC Radio Newcastle and my favourite moment was when Scannell pushed Honeyman and Gary Bennett started kicking off. It was fantastic. <laughs> it's got to be a red. It's got to no, be no, a red. No. He's got to send him off. He's got to send him off. Nick Barnes is like desperately trying to get a word into it. He's like, fantastic. <laughs> For me, yeah, Jack Baldwin's goal. Um, I'm a big fan of Jack Baldwin and it's good to see him get on the score sheet. Hashtag. Hashtag. Baldwin for captain. Yeah, yes. uh, I've got. I've got to go with the penalty save. I would broaden it out, allow me five seconds because of the tackle after it yeah, as well. That, that was brilliant. You showed a ten-second period of the match. Yeah, it was good. It was good, enjoyable. Uh, this week there will be no extra podcast because we have no game. Uh, and on Sunday we may have a podcast next Sunday. I don't know what the logistics are happening. Oh, it's going to be good. Yeah, we, we are doing one. I think we yeah, are doing yeah. one next Sunday. Uh, so that'll be fun. And then after that, who we got next game is it? Shrewsbury that'll be fun I'll be down there in Shrewsbury. oh that's a proper you're in League 1 now Sunderland fixture that uh, night Shrewsbury wait me. down there with the lads fans can I wait Case Ross Rao whatever we'll be we're going yeah. to Shrewsbury Case Ross Rao <laughs> it's, it's miserable <laughs> and I like what was it called Gay what was it Gay Gay Meadow it was called Gay Meadow now it's new Gay Meadow or oh, they just went back to Gay Meadow I'm sponsored? not entirely sure yeah I used to always, obviously as an immature child that was always really funny in fact it was called Gay Meadow so, I mean, we're all still smiling about it now. Um, I'm just like giggling like yeah. <laughs> Okay, right, that's a good way to start anyway. End. Start. End. Yeah. No, <laughs> fuck the end. Notoriously <laughs> good at finishing podcasts, yeah. Colin. Yeah, I, I, I quite nailed the dismount there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he said notoriously, and then I was like, oh, I can't remember. And <laughs> Don't go there. Yeah. Okay, this is the, the wrap-up, so uh, thanks for listening. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.